T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one... They're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Tapera sets up the belt, kicks, and delivers. Oh, this one thrown behind Woodruff. And now Woodruff talking some smack to Tapera. Now Woodruff, Woodruff saying something, you know, and, you know, he's, he's not happy with it. And you know what? That's just the way things go, you know. The, and he's not happy, and, and Woodruff not happy. But you know what? The Cubs have been getting drilled over and over and over, and now he's getting a little taste of his own medicine. I'll put it behind me. It's, it is what it is. I, I know, you know, it's that's kind of a, a big story, but you know, I'm not looking at tomorrow as I'm going to come in here and, and, you know, hurt somebody or something, you know, that's not it at all. I'm, I'm just trying to compete and I'm trying to throw strikes and trying to get outs and that's it. Um, I'm not worried about anything else. So I know the questions are, are I knew they, were, they would come, but I, I'm seriously, I'm, I'm, I haven't thought about that since that series ended and, um, I'm totally just focused on, you know, trying to do my job. That's Brandon Woodruff, who will pitch for the Milwaukee Brewers this afternoon at Wrigley Field, the finale of the series with the Cubs. Woodruff, who did nothing wrong two weeks ago. And then he got the ball thrown behind him. Uh, we have an update on the Ryan Tapera suspension that we will talk about with our next guest. Gordon Wittenmeyer, who covers the Cubs for NBC Sports Chicago, joins us now on the Al Pamonte Nissan hotline, Al Pamonte Nissan in Melrose Park on North Avenue, or apnissan.com. And Gordon Wittenmeyer, who you can follow on Twitter at GDubCub. And you should do that for all the, the Cubs news that you need. He's got all of it for you. And he's with us now. Hello, Gordon. What's happening? Hey, Chris. What's going on? Uh, I, I'm worried sick about you. I miss you. And now we're we're together again for the first time in a long time. The world is right again. <laughs> I mean, it's moving that way, maybe? Uh, I tell you what I can't figure out is, okay. how did Ryan Tapera not get his uh, suspension doubled <laughs> After talking the way he did afterwards, I know, and then, and then drilling two guys in his next game. So, so the suspension for Tapera went from three games down to two. He's going to start serving that today, um, which you know I, I guess it just worked out perfectly that, that Woodruff happened to be pitching today, and uh, Tapera is out. So yeah, I'm I'm a little surprised by that too because he he pretty much admitted that that's that's what he did. Yeah, it started off that night where his catcher admitted it was his idea. Uh, you know, it's yeah, it surprised me. Uh, you know, 
we would have normally thrown at a position player, but uh, <laughs> he decided to throw behind that guy. Um, and then and then he goes and gets suspended, and then he decides he wants to talk to the media after the other Zoom sessions are done that day. And then he comes out and tells us how soft the game is, that there was nothing malicious, but yeah, hell yeah, he was sending a message. Uh, and then the next time he pitches, he hits two guys. So I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I loved every minute of it. And by the way, I think he's right. Um, and I don't think there's anything wrong with throwing behind the pitcher. Back in the day, I mean, people think that's a su- surprising thing. But it used to be in the National League, if a, if a pitcher was going after guys too aggressively, he made a target out of himself. And, uh, you know, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. He didn't throw at his head. He didn't even throw up. Uh, he didn't even hit him. Um, so I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But the way he talked afterwards, I sure expected that suspension to be at least fully upheld. But how do you feel about it, though, if and I don't know how I feel about hitting guys. I don't I don't know how much it helps anymore. And there is always the I, risk I don't of think injuring guys, somebody. Yeah. Look, it used to be like you know, Don Drysdale and Bob Gibson and those guys had a reputation for, you know, you didn't dig in too hard. They own the inside part of the plate. You'd get knocked on your ass. And that was the reputation, right? Yeah. But you go back and they didn't hit that many guys. And if you talk to guys that played back then, they'll say that's, that's because they knew how to pitch you inside. They would throw up and in, they they might knock you down, but they would throw up under your chin. Well, you'd naturally get out of the way. You'd naturally bail. Um, And, and it wasn't, intended to hit you now there's this i think we've gone through what amounts to two generations of baseball players that have become decreasingly good at knowing how to throw inside and at a time when you know say all through the let's just say the steroid era right the 80s and the 90s and into the 2000s um you had these guys that would crowd the plate these guys that would dive these guys and then they would wear armor on their on their uh, elbows and and arms and so uh you know it was harder to own the inside and if you did pitch inside you started hitting guys and then major league baseball came in and decided to be proactive with these rules these these uh automatic uh warnings and automatic ejections in theory although you don't see that without the warnings uh, very often um and then so it, it was disincentivized even more to throw inside but you still have to throw inside mm-hmm. so guys would come up in the game and then by the way aluminum bats in the amateur level you, you know you can't saw off a guy who's got an aluminum bat so throwing inside doesn't have quite the same impact so you you reach this point where guys don't know how to throw inside so when they do they hit people and that's what we've seen with the cubs Gordon getting Meyer. getting hit i mean yeah, yeah, and, and and that happens a lot to Contreras. And th- that particular moment, there's, I mean, to me, there's no way Woodruff was trying to hit him. It just no, his, I don't think his so. hands got in the way, and it wasn't like he was throwing up and in on purpose. Uh, and it was it was not a purpose pitch. No, other other than other than uh, that's how you pitch the guy. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't think you're trying to scare him or anything, but um, you know, it just it happens and. And baseball's changed a little bit, I think. And I, I'm not always sure that it's changed for the worse. And I'm and now I'm kind of expanding this conversation into like other things with um, 
you know, I'll ask you about this. I mean, not necessarily Cubs specific, but the extra inning rule that I touched on a little bit earlier in the show that it is universally hated, it seems like. I don't think it's that bad. I don't. If they had it, if they don't have it, I don't really care. I just don't think it's... I don't think it is the worst thing in the world like a lot of people think it is. What do you think? Yeah, the worst thing in the world or something to, to get all yelling at clouds about, you know, maybe not. Um, I also don't know, and maybe I'm, maybe I'm aligning with your thinking on this. I also don't know that it's necessary. You know, if, yeah. if, if this is about preventing 16 and 20 inning games and preserving bullpens and, and making the league function better, then... Uh, institute the rule after 12 innings or something like that. You know, I, I think th- don't they don't they do that? What, what's what's the rule in hockey? They don't they don't. I mean, they, they, the shootout comes after how much overtime, and then and then they reduce the just number the, of players. There's just the one overtime, but then they go three on three in the overtime. Yeah, there you go. You know, well, like, and, but is, they didn't used to, right? They, it, right. It was, uh, no. And and then they would go. They had the shootout rule before they had the reduced player rule right and am i getting the order right well i think what they did was um they went to four on four i I think originally the the overtime was just five on five and then they went to four on four and then they changed it a a few years ago to three on three with the with the shootout at the end and the three on three is actually a lot of fun it's just because the, the the puck is moving and you know like the ice is open so it is kind of exciting and at first people hated it but but i think it seems to me that people in baseball, baseball fans, are slower to adopt change. They they they're slower to want change in general. I, I think that's true too. I also think if you're talking about hockey, you're talking about uh, both teams have already gotten a point at, at, at the when, when it goes right. into overtime, right? So so I mean, there's there's less to be lost, I guess, um, mm-hmm. in a, in any sort of tangible way. But I do to your larger point, I totally agree with it. You know, baseball is much much more. Uh, involves traditionalists even now and I think less now than there used to be I think a lot of the traditionalists are kind of dying out of the fan base of course of course that's the that's the core demographic too for baseball so uh, they, they, they might be dying out but the people that don't the the ones that aren't traditionalists traditionalists are the ones that don't care mm-hmm. uh, a lot of them don't care about the game enough to to really be hardcore fans either so so that's that's kind of this uh when you do the seven inning double headers and then when you do the extra inning rules and when you when you're making all these changes and you hire theo to change the pace of the game um it it, these are the exact fans you're trying to appeal to at the same time so um it's uh it's it's really an interesting the, the, the calculus the whole thing is Gordon Wittenmeyer covers the Cubs for NBC Sports Chicago. And regarding this offense, uh, there was an offensive explosion over the last few days. He had the 15-run game. He had the 16-run game. Yesterday, they scored just two with uh, uh, Freddie Peralta, the starter for Milwaukee. And if you look at what the heart of the order has done with Contreras and Rizzo and Bryant, those guys are hitting. I mean, those guys are are producing. They're they're getting on base. Um, they're hitting for some power. But there are a couple of notable exceptions from, you know, the lineup as far as uh, guys who are contributing. And the top of the order is one, and and Javier Baez is the other. I would argue at, that I would argue that Javi is is actually Javi's 
a very weird offensive player this year. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's yeah, striking he is out because... like at a record, like a record and then some pace. Yeah. But when he's he's hitting balls that he's got no business touching, and and you know, in one case it went over the fence. Other cases he's getting base hits and, and doubles off of them. So his actually. I mean, his OPS is—he's got a one above average. OPS, right? It's a—it's above average. Yeah, it's—it's it's 580 right now, and and major league average is about—I'm sorry, not 580. It's 780. 780. And major yeah. league average is about 750. So right, he's a little bit above average right now, but it looks—it looks worse, and it's still not good. Um, but it looks worse than it actually is. Yeah, it's the strikeouts. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you know, it's if he if he's putting the ball if if this guy's putting the ball in play at even ten percent more often, uh, those numbers start to shoot way up into the Contreras Rizzo Bryant range. So the the interesting thing, and there are which so I many... which which will happen, which I believe will happen. Yeah. So what what do you make of the fact that he is having such a difficult time with? fastballs in the zone it's not necessarily that he's chasing bad pitches which he does occasionally but by the numbers he's having difficulty with fastball strikes that he's he's at why is he unable to hit those right now well and he's he hasn't been the only one on this team and he's just been the most extreme one and i've thought from the beginning and maybe some of the more recent results are bearing this out that they they not only came into the season probably pressing a little. I think that some of that's natural in the beginning anyway, especially if, like, in the opener you don't have a good game or in the opening series you don't have a good game. Now your numbers don't look good. So maybe – and you know that one good game pushes those numbers up early in the season, so maybe you press a little bit trying to get that three-hit game or whatever. I do think some of that was going on. I also think that, that these guys saw uh, – Especially, you know, Hobby's a guy, for instance, that, you know, breaking balls away have been kind of his kryptonite. And I think he saw a lot of, I think he probably tried to compensate for that. Um, ultimately, at the end of the day, I think when you're missing fastballs in the zone, you're, it's just your timing. You're, you're, you're sitting on something else. You're not catching up to it because of that. These guys haven't lost the ability to hit fastballs. He certainly hasn't lost bat speed enough to hit fastballs. He's obviously, uh, he, he, they're obviously getting on him, um, maybe because he's looking for something else. Um, and he gets enough of the other pitches, too, um, that that's probably even reasonable. So his, up, his timing is upset. <laughs> and and that's, yeah. uh, that's the simplest way to put it, which is what happens when any hitter is slumping. And, and so... Um, what's astonishing to me is the balls that he does hit that aren't in the zone. So um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's just a phenomenon to watch this year. And I do think it'll stabilize into something that looks a little more baseball normal, uh, maybe, maybe a little more hobby normal um, by the time we get into uh, you know, mid-May, for instance, a couple of weeks from now. So, uh, but but it, it, it's, it's just, it is fascinating to watch. Uh, there's not a great explanation for it. I, I know that last year, with the and because of the Houston Astros and the um, the decrease in the use of video, players weren't able to go down and watch their at bats uh, in the middle of the game, and it was all as a response to what Houston did. 
that that affected him. I mean, do do you think that that it had that great of an effect on him that he's not able to adjust and go and watch video like he had been accustomed to doing and a lot of players are? Yeah, for this reason, because he believed it did. And baseball's so mental that um, when when the results started getting into his head and probably some other guys' heads too, they started looking for answers. And, and when you can't do some of the things that you're used to doing or, or the environment just feels different, no fans in the stands, um, you start pointing at some of these things and maybe you start believing that, that, that that's a tangible, a more tangible reason um, for uh, s- some of the, the negative results. And then when that happens, uh, your mind goes to a place where, yeah, it becomes true. Um, so, uh, and because baseball is so mental, that it, it, it becomes a, a negative cycle. So I, I, th- I think it was the cause because he believed it was the cause. Um, other players, it didn't affect as much. Other play- many other players, it did, uh, it, or it appeared to. There were a lot of players last year that struggled. A lot of really good players, including uh, the the guy that beat him for the MVP a few years back, Christian Yelich. Um, so, so he was uh, he was not an aberration last year in that in that regard. Um, but but yeah, and and there there might have even been a a, a percentage of of real uh, real cause and effect with not having the video too, just because he's relied on it for a number of years. You know, it's interesting you say that because. You know, you hear people say things like, uh, if you believe as a hitter that wearing a particular pair of socks makes you a better hitter, then wearing a particular pair of socks makes you a better hitter because you believe it. Because the psychology is so important. And if you think that that's what's causing you to hit well, then that's exactly what's doing it. Because I, I agree. I, and it, yeah. yeah. There's a reason that there's dumb, so, so many superstitions in baseball. And, and, and so many guys, do, you know, Wade Boggs and his chicken before the game. and But that's a line from Bull Durham, too, right? The uh, chicken thing? No, the, uh, the if you believe it, then it's true. Can, I, have to make, uh, I, I have to make a confession, which I don't think I've ever said out loud to anybody. I have never seen Bull Durham. Really? I am so yeah, disappointed I, in you. I know. I know, like for a baseball person to have never seen Bull Durham, like I people talk about it, and then they're like, you know, they're making jokes and references, and I'm like, ha ha, ha yeah, Bull Durham, never seen it. You got to see it, dude. I know, it's, I know, it's man. the best, it's the best baseball movie ever. It That's still what holds people up. People keep telling me. Yeah, I, I was, I'm a big major league guy, which I've major seen. Major League's another times. great one, totally different movie, totally different kind of movie, but another great one, right? For sure. Yeah, I know it's embarrassing, and uh, I don't know if I'm ever, if I'm gonna fix it. To be honest, I know I should, but I don't know if I ever will. Well, now what is this? this be, becoming why? Just because you're, you're gonna be obstinate about it? Yeah. What, what the hell? Go, go go watch the damn movie. Uh, it's a do problem. yourself a favor. Do yourself a favor. I mean, expand I your will, cultural man. horizons, man. I should. I know it's it's embarrassing, but what are you gonna do? Go watch I mean, the it, movie. It, That's now, what you're going to do. No, now it's a thing. Now it's a thing. I, I can't do it. It's too late. That's messed up, man. That's messed up. <laughs> I know. Gordon, I appreciate your time. Enjoy the game today. You got it. Thanks, man. You too. That is Gordon Wittenmeyer. He covers the Cubs for NBC Sports Chicago. Yeah, that's a true story. Um, 
for somebody who uh, you know worked with a baseball team, you know, doing baseball shows for a decade, I've never seen Bull Durham. And I, I don't like I'm sorry, but I almost do feel like it's kind of too late for me. How? How is it too late? Yeah, it's on, like, you could stream it, like, literally right after yeah. the show's done. You don't even have to watch the White Sox or Cubs games. There's 161 other games. But you I can... can't. I have to watch the White Sox and Cubs games. Watch them on tape delay. Or watch, I mean, they're going to end, what, at, like, 5? So then watch Bull Durham tonight. Here's here's another thing. Like, I'll forget by then. Like, everything is working against me here. It's going to be too late. I'll forget. Um... I can't watch sports on tape delay. I can't go back and watch DVR'd sports. Like I need to, I need to watch sports as they are happening in real time, because I feel weird if I don't. Like I, you know how people used to, you know, set their VCRs and they would record a game and then they would come home later and they'd try to avoid, you know, uh, radio or anything ruining the game for them or the score. Like they would, they would, I gotta get home and watch the game. I can't do that. Like I have to, it's a psychological thing. Uh, I have to feel like the game is happening as I'm watching it or I'm not interested. Uh, you should still watch. I'll tweet you every single day so you don't forget that you should watch Bull Durham. All right. So the, so maybe I will do it just so you don't tweet me every day. I, well, I think you should watch the movie. Do you like it? Oh, it's fantastic. Like Gordon said, it's one of the best baseball movies ever. I don't know if it's the best one. I'd probably say Sandlot over Bull Durham. But okay. Well, I mean, and I've seen Sandlot multiple things. times. It's just Bull Durham is the one that I have not seen. I know. It's it's as good as Major League. If you like Major League, I, you, I would really doubt you wouldn't like Bull Durham. And it's well, baseball. Well, ma- Major League is probably, I'm guessing, just sillier, right? Yeah, it's it's zanier, but it's not like... It's not like Bull Durham's like serious at all. Right. I know it's a comedy, but it's just like a different kind. Right. So I don't know. It's I'm less sorry. like Naked Gun and it's more like, uh, let me think of an 80s comedy. I'm too young for this. Oh my God. Come on, man. It's, it's more Can't Buy Me Love. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> Never seen that movie, but yeah, sure. Oh, what the, Can't Buy Me Love is great. Patrick Dempsey. It was the the first thing he was in, I think. And a guy who was in Major League Two and Three, or Major League Two, and then is Major League Three back to the minors? Is that what it's called? Yes. Um, the actor who plays the catcher in Major League Two, and I forgot what he goes by, but he's a real dumb guy. Um, he is in Can't Buy Me Love as one of the bullies, like the bully, you know, popular guy jock. Um, so he's in both. There's a little connection there for you, Sean. So maybe you should go back and watch Can't Buy Me Love. Right. But as a executive producer of a baseball show, I'm right. going to at least put more emphasis on Bull Durham over You Can't Buy Me Love. Okay. Uh, well, I would I'd rethink that. I'll tell you what. I will watch Bull Durham on the same day at the same time you watch Can't Buy Me Love. Maybe. <laughs> okay. Then there, no deal. Either you get on board or I'm not watching it. Fine, then you just won't watch Bull Durham. That's fine. <laughs> that doesn't affect my life at all. And I'll just watch Bull Durham instead of You Can't Buy Me Love. And I'll watch probably a better movie. That's Sean Anderson. He's producing Hit and Run today. I'm Chris Ranji. Uh, we are leading into 
Cubs baseball, 12.45. Matt Spiegel has the pregame show at 12.45 and the postgame show and the fifth inning. Our very own Zach Zaidman is filling in for Pat Hughes today. He's got the call of Cubs Brewers, the finale, and you can listen to it on the Odyssey app. So download the Odyssey app, and if you're in Chicago, you can hear it. And, um, you know, Cubs will try to beat the Brewers today against uh, Brandon Woodruff. Uh, Jake Arrieta is pitching for the Cubs this afternoon at Wrigley. Meanwhile, on the south side of Chicago, you've got a a pretty good uh, matchup as well, I think, as the White Sox are trying to sweep the series against Texas. Well, at least Michael Kopech is good. He's not going to pitch deep in this game Probably maybe you're looking at about three innings. So there's going to be a piggyback start today and in the game. Well, we'll tell you about the lineup when we come back, but there's an omission in today's White Sox lineup. And I want you to tell me how you feel about it. 312-644-6767 is the number on hit and run on the score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. The Text Zone uh, brought to you by Rosen Hyundai of Algonquin. Save time. Shop online at RosenHyundai.com. Not especially happy with me, as you would expect. Anyway, uh, but I haven't seen Bull Durham. Baseball dude doing baseball shows. I haven't seen Bull Durham. And um, everybody is, is kind of on my case about it. I, I think I will probably eventually. Um, I'm probably going to. Yeah, I think eventually. But but the argument I made was that, okay, for example, The Office. I never really watched The Office because it was during a time in my life when I wasn't watching a whole lot of primetime TV. You know, I wasn't, um, I just when it was on, I just wasn't watching, you know, I was working at night a lot. So I didn't see it, and I wasn't necessarily recording it, so I've never really watched The Office more than a couple of episodes. And I feel like the time has passed for me to go back and watch it. Uh, I don't know. I just I, I think I'm over it. Um, and there's so much other good TV that's newer that I want to watch. How could you so I'm going to go o- and watch The Office. How could you be over something you've never seen? I don't know. It makes no sense, Roger. It's not, <laughs> it's not vibing with me. I don't know. I'm weird. I get it. I know. And Bull Durham feels the same way to me. 
And I probably, I guess I will go see it eventually. I haven't seen The Godfather either, which is a, a an American classic. I've never seen The Godfather. And I keep telling myself I'm going to, and I just never do it. So I'll probably see this movie eventually. Um, a texter from the 469 area code, I don't know where that is, uh, says Bull Durham is the slap shot of baseball movies. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Because I have seen Slapshot, and I, I feel like the humor is probably in line based on clips from Bull Durham I've seen and the way people uh, you know reference it all the time. So I think there's probably some similarity there. And I guess I'll know for sure if I ever actually watch it, which I don't know if I'm going to. The 773 Texter, and this was a movie that I was thinking of that nobody has ever heard of. And I can't believe this person texted in with it. From the 773, Long Gone is a great baseball movie starring William, starring William Peterson. I love Long Gone. And almost nobody has heard of it. And William Peterson from Chicago. Um, and he, what was he in the uh, CSI, right? He was in one of those shows. So this movie is about a minor league baseball team in Tampico, uh, they were called the Tampico Stogies from Florida. And they were really bad. And their owners were really cheap. And their uniforms were ripped and filthy. And they never had them dry cleaned because the owner didn't want to pay for it. And, you know, they, they, you know, as any baseball movie, they go on like a magical run or whatever. That movie was, it was an HBO production. So... You only got to see it if you had HBO back in the 80s. And it and and I had taped it back then when I was a kid and watched it all the time. Um who, who's the who's the guy that's in it? Uh uh not Dylan McDermott, but the other one. Uh, Dermot Mulroney, that guy. He's in it. Uh Virginia Madsen is in it. William Peterson is in it. And it's great. It's it's like I, I haven't seen it in a long time, and maybe it's one of those that if I go back and watch it now, I won't think it's as good as I did then. But I love that movie, and it's one of my favorite baseball movies, and nobody has ever seen it except for this texter into the score and me. Have, have you guys ever heard of it, Sean? Have you heard of it? No, I haven't. I, I just I looked it up right now, and it looks completely foreign to me. Yeah, and you like I don't think you can find it unless the full thing is on YouTube. Like I don't even know where you'd go get it because it doesn't. It's not one of those movies that's out there streaming. I don't think HBO Max has it, but it, I I absolutely love that movie. Love it. It's so much fun, and it's it's great. Um. Anyway, so if you ever have a chance to see Long Gone with Chicago's very own William Peterson, you gotta watch it. It's, it's really solid. Um, I told you that there have been some rules changes that are going to happen in baseball. Not this year at the major league level, though. It's happening at the minor league level with an independent league, the Atlantic League. And there are a couple of things they're going to try out this year. One of them being moving back the mound a foot. They want to move it from 60 feet 6 inches to 61 feet 6 inches. And I'm not exactly sure how I feel about this, but I listened to Dan O'Dowd and Joel Sherman talk about this on MLB Network this week, and they had some interesting thoughts. I'm going to bring I those think there's to a misnomer about velocity. 
Uh, I believe big league hitters can hit velocity. I think the game is more. That's what we call a tease, Chris Ranji. That's, that's called. That's a sneak peek. That is a sneak peek if I ever, ever heard one. We call that a. That's like a trailer. You're going to hear some of these thoughts when we come back on Hit and Run on the score. I went down to the river to watch the fish swim by. This is it. But I got to the river so lonesome I wanted to die. Oh, and then I jumped in oh my the gosh. river, but the doggone river was dry. She's long gone, and now I'm lonesome blue. All right, so I was talking about the movie Long Gone. It's from 1987. Uh, William Peterson is the star of the movie. And this is this is the song it opens with. It's Hank Williams, the old Hank Williams, not the not the junior. Um, and it's about this minor league baseball team, a really bad minor league baseball team. And it is great. I love the movie so much. And a texter said, "Long Gone" is on HBO Max, and I got very excited. And then I went to HBO Max during the break to see if it was there and it is not. So, whoever teased me about Long Gone being available to stream, um, you're fired. You are absolutely fired because, and, I, and don't come back because I got excited and then it was I was let down. It is not on HBO Max. There's a movie called Long Gone By, which I don't know what the hell that is. But it is not about baseball, and it is not about the Tampico Stogies. It's great. Uh, If you can find it, go watch it. But it is seriously one of the best baseball movies that nobody has ever heard of. Um, I think think you'll like it if you ever get a chance. I hate to inform you, too, but uh, on Amazon, it's uh, sold out of. It's currently unavailable, the VHS tape. See? You just can't get it. And it was an HBO movie, so they have it in the archive. I don't know why they can't put it on HBO Max. For me, I'm sure somebody would watch it. It's 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 really good. Um, uh, Penn and Teller, you know Penn and Teller, that that comedy group. Teller is in the movie. He plays one of the owners, the the crappy owners of the team, and they, it's it's in the '60s. I think it's set in the '60s. And I think it's the sixth. Maybe it's earlier than that. I guess it would have to be earlier than that. And um, there, it, it's just it's they they sign a black player, which wasn't allowed at the time. And they pass him off as being Venezuelan in order to get him into the league. And he's great. He can he can hit a ton. He's awesome. And the movie is fun. It's just a really good. I, I like it so much, and it I wish you could stream. It takes place in '57, and '57. Uh, okay. This is from yeah. Fred Merkel on Twitter. Long Gone is great. Full movie is on YouTube. You can also find dub DVDs on eBay. Mm, how about the DVDs are crappy quality? But if it's on YouTube, that's all I need. Now I can go watch it. Yeah, great movie. Oh, 
Like, and that song brought back memories because I used to watch that. I would, so I'd have Little League baseball games, and I would either watch that or I would watch Major League prior to my Little League games. I don't know, just got me fired up and and ready to go. Uh, so the Atlantic League has been a league that Major League Baseball has a partnership with for a little bit now, and they have partnered on testing out some of the rules changes, you know, testing out stuff like the pitch clock and, you know, um, uh, stuff like the runner at second base to start the double, or not the doubleheader, but the um, uh, extra innings. And some of those rules, they're testing out to see if they'll play at the major league level. They're testing out some different things. And you've probably heard of some of the new rules and some of the things they are working on and, and seeing how they go and seeing if maybe it's something they want to implement at the major league level. Um, one of those things is the double hook rule when it comes to the designated hitter. So having the DH in the National League, it would be that. Uh, you would have the DH for the starting pitcher, but once you take the starting pitcher out of the game, then the pitcher spot has to hit. So you have to go to the pinch hitter later in the game, unless you want your relievers to actually hit, which no one's going to allow that. I'm not a fan of that rule. I, I hate it. I think that if you're going to do the DH, just do it full stop and let's quit playing around with it. I, I don't know what the point is of trying to appease people who will get used to the DH, people who don't like the DH and keep saying it's an abomination, which it is not. It is most definitely not an abomination. It's been part of baseball for 40 years, and it works. And it makes every bit of sense to have it in baseball. Because pitchers aren't good at hitting. By the way, anytime you ever hear a broadcaster say, this guy really knows how to handle the bat, and he's talking about a pitcher... Go look at his numbers, because his numbers inevitably will be like 185, 205, 255. Like, his numbers are always bad. So I don't even know what handle the bat means anymore. I don't even think it has any meaning, to be perfectly honest. But the designated hitter rule, that's that's completely different. That That's not a subject we are talking about necessarily today. Unless you want to call in and yell at me, you can do that at 312-644-6767. Another thing they are testing in the Atlantic League, though, is this idea of moving back the mound a foot. Right now, it's 60 feet, 6 inches, has been forever. And they want to move it back to 61 feet, 6 inches. The idea is that they want to give the hitter a little bit more time to recognize the pitch coming out of the hand or to catch up with 102, 103-mile-an-hour fastballs, which, by the way, there are more and more pitchers in baseball who are capable of throwing over 100 miles an hour than there ever were 5 to 10 years ago. In fact, it's funny, when we were talking about movies and talking about Major League earlier, it's funny to go back and watch the scene where Rick Vaughn is throwing batting practice or he's throwing for the coaches uh, during spring training so they can see what he has. And he throws 96 miles an hour on that pitch. And everybody's impressed. Like, oh my God, that was 96 miles an hour. Now, like 96 miles an hour is nothing. Everybody's throwing 96. But back in the 80s, that was fast. That was a hard 
thrown baseball. It's a little bit different now. Guys are throwing 102, 103, and it's it's seemingly with very little effort. Like everybody's throwing at least upper 90s. And hitters are having a more difficult time. You're seeing a lot more strikeouts. Um, when they do make contact, you'll you'll see home runs. And there just aren't enough balls put in play. On MLB Network just a few days ago, they discussed all of this. It was a, a panel including Dan O'Dowd, used to be a baseball executive, and Joel Sherman, who has been covering baseball for a very long time. O'Dowd had an interesting thought. In fact, they all did regarding this new rule change, and he talked about why it is actually so difficult for hitters right now. I think there's a misnomer about velocity. Uh, I believe big league hitters can hit velocity. I think the game is morphed to where it's velocity and incredibly late movement out of tunnels that hitters have absolutely no chance to hit. I not only believe in this move, but I believe they should move it back to 62 feet. Okay. I don't think I don't think this incremental change is going to be enough. Listen, we're trying to create action at the same point in time. We're trying to minimize risk or injuries because that's going to be the blowback here. Mm-hmm. Anything you change in the game, you're creating risk for injuries. I think there's another part to this that no one's even thinking about. Pitchers themselves are going to have to make adjustments to pitch from a further distance. So the reason we have injuries for me now is that you have max effort pitches, Mm -hmm. pitchers at a shorter distance that maximize themselves on every throw. You go back to 62 feet, you're going to see pitchers you now have to learn to pitch again. See, that's an interesting thought because my the first time I heard about this and it was suggested at some point last year that maybe they want to move the mound back. My first my initial thought was, I feel like that's going to lead to pitcher injuries. I don't care if they try something out, but if it leads to guys getting hurt because they have a longer distance to throw, then clearly I'm not going to be in favor of that because pitchers are already you know, subject to injuries because throwing a baseball is not really a natural motion for a body and not natural to do that 90 to 100 to 115 times a day every five days it just isn't natural and that's why you see so many shoulder and elbow problems and the harder you throw the more likely that stuff is going to happen but the idea that maybe if you push the mound back guys aren't going to go max effort on every single pitch and will then adjust by not trying to throw as hard as possible but trying to actually pitch maybe he's onto something there Joel Sherman, as I mentioned, also on this panel and said that, look, it's okay to change the distance of the mound. Distances didn't come from the Bible. They're man-made distances. If suddenly we dealt with a situation where speed increased exponentially and one out of every four routine ground balls was an infield single, we would think about, like, should we move the base to 92 feet, to 94 feet, to 95 feet? Mm. This is the evolution of man and industry right like the analytics have shown people how to how to use weighted balls to build up velocity how to use spin to get late movement i mean to dan's point i encourage people to watch games now at how many hittable fastballs are taken because the hitter is just baffled because of the tunneling, mm-hmm. because of the movement. He's like, so sure, I'm going to get the slider here. I don't want to look ridiculous. I looked ridiculous after the last slider, and they take a fastball right down the middle. And to Dan's point, I think they'd hit that fastball if they thought they 
they were getting a fastball, I, even if it was 98. Mm -hmm. That's how talented they are. So I do think we have to do something. What they're talking about when it comes to tunneling is is more evident now than it ever has been. And if you're you're kind of new to baseball and not really have heard that term before, what they're talking about is when the ball comes out of the pitcher's hand, it's on a certain path. And there's so much late movement now. It's like the ball's coming out of the tunnel, and when they get to the end of the tunnel, which way does that ball break? Well, the tunnel is lasting, you know, deeper uh, toward the hitter than it ever has been. And there's so much late movement that hitters have no idea. And there's almost no time to react to that anymore. And it is more evident now than ever because there are some very good follows on Twitter. If you happen to be on Twitter, um, there are some people who are very good about the pitcher overlays. And what I'm talking about is they will take one pitcher like you, Darvish, for example, who's got like 90 different pitches and they're all amazing. And what they will do is they will overlay those four pitches. And you will see that when the ball comes out of the hand, for like three-fourths of the way to the plate, it's on the same trajectory and then it breaks four different ways. And, and it, it's more evident now just how good some of these pitchers are. And just how impossible it is for a hitter to be able to tell what's coming at them. Because the, the pitchers are so good at this now. Moving the mound back a foot will alleviate some of that. And then that's really the thought process. And the more I hear about it, the more I'm intrigued by the idea of doing it. At first I thought, ah, guys are going to get hurt. But maybe guys don't get hurt. Maybe this ends up being a better thing for baseball. 312-644-6767 is the phone number. If you would like to visit with us on Hit and Run, I am in for Spiegel. The Cubs and Brewers will play the pregame show at 1245. Speaks has the pregame show. Zach is on the call with Ron Coomer today, and it is the finale against Milwaukee at um, Wrigley Field. Also, the White Sox are playing today. They've got the Texas Rangers in town. They're trying to complete the sweep we will talk more about that in the next hour. Also, I want to get to what is, I think, so far, and, you know, really, I, I shouldn't even say I think. I think it is just very clearly the best rivalry in baseball at this moment. It is the Dodgers and the Padres, and man, was that fun again last night. My God, those two teams are playing some tremendous baseball right now against each other. We'll get more into that as well in our final hour of Hit and Run. I'm Chris Ranji in for Speaks on The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. 
Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.